0: welcome everyone to dead talk live i'm your host viz from walking dead now want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world if you're joining us for the first time tonight as always if you want more information please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com and of course if you haven't visited our youtube channel which is called walking dead now please feel free to go ahead and visit us and go ahead and subscribe and if you're there right now It'd be greatly appreciated if you hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. So let me go ahead and say hello to all these our uh, viewers that are joining us tonight. want to welcome our regulars. CC Weezy is with us. Khaleesi Angelina C. is with us on YouTube. Justin is with us on YouTube as well, as is Junior James. Colette is with us on Facebook, as is Lindsay Sparks. Misty Lowry is also with us on Facebook. Welcome to all you guys. On the Instagram side, a lot of people. We have AKA, we have Robert joining us, Galore67, Hamaza. Welcome, welcome to all you guys. Thank you for being here. I hope you can stay with us over the next hour as we go over some of the latest headlines and talk about our daily topic for today. And today we are going to be talking about Walking Dead betrayals. And Lord knows we have had plenty of those on the Walking Dead universe. So, like I said, I hope everyone's enjoying their Friday evening, the start of the weekend. And uh, let's just go ahead and dive right into it today. Uh, So, the first thing we're going to talk about today is the World Beyond Boss hints at how Hope's Secret will affect the show. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be huge. That's probably the biggest plot twist that we have had in World Beyond so far. Not counting that extra scene that we got at the end of episode three. So it goes on to say the Walking Dead World Beyond showrunner Matt Negrete has hinted how Hope's major secret will affect the show. The most recent installment of the zombie spin-off series saw Hope, played by Alexa Mansour, discover the, uh, that the pregnant woman she killed was indeed Elton's mother. Hope came clean about the secret to her sister, Iris, but will she be able to tell Elton, having grown much closer to him in recent episodes? There is obviously going to be a lot weighing on Hope just coming off of the end of Episode 5. Negri told Weekly she has grown so much closer to Elton out of everyone else in the group. And that surprises me, actually, how Elton and Hope uh, have really become so close. It's kind of that odd pairing Uh, maybe big sister, little brother type of thing. Like the kind of relationship Daryl and Carol have on The Walking Dead. Uh, That's how I see Hope and Elton. Just a much younger version of Daryl and Carol. Those two are are bonding. Primarily because Hope is just intrigued with how Elton sees the world. And Elton is also fascinated with Hope and how she is reacting to the current world so that's going to be very interesting to see as it unfolds uh, so it goes on to say she has this connection with elton they both see the world the same way they both think that humanity doesn't have much of an opportunity to survive past the next decade or two and they are odd kind of soulmates in a way Totally agree. It's a total, it's a totally odd uh, matchup uh, for them becoming such good friends. And it's just, of course, all as, the, as the nature of things go, the closer you get to someone, it's always that's when the wrench is thrown into the works, and that's what happens here with Hope. So she's going to have a lot to kind of process and deal with. Now, this is all coming from the showrunner, Matt Negrete. Uh, Negrete also went on to explain how if Hope were to come clean to Elton, it wouldn't just affect their relationship, but also the way he sees his own mother. Uh, because I don't really blame how Elton's mom reacted by picking up the gun. The world is falling apart around you. You're fi- you're trying to find your son. You're pregnant. Your husband. Try, she was trying to protect a car. Uh, that seems kind of silly to us, sitting in the safety of our homes or where or wherever we are right now. But when the world is falling apart around you, she is trying to protect a resource uh, that she has access to. She picks up a gun. She kills Hope's mom. Hope picks up the gun. There's an explosion behind her, and Hope inadvertently pulls the trigger and kills Elton's mom. So it was a very tragic series of events if you think about really what happened that night it's really not just that she killed elton's mother but it's this woman that elton idolizes uh, also killed hope's mother so there's a lot at play here it's not just about her relationship with elton it's about the whole reason that elton was out here on this journey being about his mother And him holding her up and wanting to finish the book that she wrote and everything that informs the way she sees the world is from his parents and to find out that his mother is not who she he thought she was it's going to be a huge thing for him so i think that's everything those are the things that she's weighing at the end of the episode which, as we discussed yesterday, was abruptly interrupted when that new character, Stranger, showed up at their campsite. Asked how it will affect Hope and Elton's relationship in the short term, Negrete said she's obviously going to have a lot of guilt, but this will impact their relationship in that she's going to have to make decisions that actually might make herself feel even worse in a way. Now, does anybody here doubt that eventually, somewhere along the line, in the two seasons of World Beyond, it will come out to Elton that Hope killed his mom? Uh, We found out this plot twist in the first episode of World Beyond, and four episodes later, we see Hope realizing that the woman she accidentally killed when she was a kid Is now Elton's mom so this is starting to unravel pretty quickly Uh, it's starting to come apart pretty quickly and I would not be surprised at all by the end of this first season uh, Elton does find out and the only way he's gonna find out is if hope tells him I don't see any other way Elton finds out it's gonna have to be hope coming clean to Elton Anyway, uh, Negrete goes on to say, and so what we'll see coming up in episode six and perhaps beyond, that is her sort of using this information to kind of torture herself in a way, and it's because that's what she thinks she deserves. But she also thinks that she owes Elton quite a bit. So she's going to follow a course that kind of accomplishes both of both of these things my big question mark is hope now knowing the person that she shot when she was a kid being elton's mom we saw how close elton and hope were becoming in terms of their friendship now that hope knows is the guilt going to push her away from elton that's the big question mark for me they were getting closer and closer with every episode. Now that Hope's, now that Hope knows that the woman she killed was indeed Elton's mom, does that start to push Hope away from Elton? We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Now this next article is really, really cool. I'm going to read you the title and then I'm going to show you the picture. Andrew Lincoln grew back his beard... And fans are freaking out about the movie. So we have the picture. He just may not, 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 didn't feel like shaving for a couple of weeks, but it could be for the movie. But I'm going to show you the picture of uh, Andrew Lincoln and his beard. So there you go. You know, uh, a lot more gray in there than there used to be. He looks great. He does look fantastic. Uh, So obviously, you know, he posed for this picture knowing that it was going to come out and to get the pot stirring that maybe they are somewhat close to start filming the Rick Grimes movies. But this is fascinating. You can absolutely, you know, this is exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting just for the sheer fact that they might actually be close or somewhat close to them starting to film the walking dead rick grimes movies so there you go rick grimes with his gray beard i'm sure they're gonna put in some uh you know dye just for men in that beard or they may keep it all gray and i i personally believe a gray beard looks awesome on him Uh, I think it's, it's very distinguished, and I think it fits him perfectly. So I hope that they leave the beard alone. Don't dye it darker, and let it reflect who he really is. I personally like the gray beard. So there you go, Andrew Lincoln with a beard. This picture was taken very recently. So there you have it. So let's read the article in regards to that gray beard that we just saw. The Walking Dead has become a massive franchise over its years on AMC, thanks to the flagship original series as well as the two spin offs that followed. Additionally, fans are eager to see how the announced Rick Grimes movies are being developed, especially since the project is surprisingly heading to theaters. Um, not a big surprise. And since Andrew Lincoln recently grew his beard out, the fandom is collectively freaking out. Andrew Lincoln starred as the protagonist Rick Grimes throughout the majority of The Walking Dead's run on television. He eventually departed about halfway through season nine. And while the characters presumed he he died, audiences saw him depart on a helicopter with jadis the story will eventually continue with the mysterious movie led by lincoln and fans are freaking out now that rick that rick beard yeah these people need to grammar check their their articles uh they are freaking out now that rick beard is back they're definitely missing some punctuation marks there check we just saw the latest image of the 47 year old actor below God, Andrew Lincoln is just one year older than me. You know, so, hey, I'm younger than Rick Grimes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he goes, well, hello there, Mr. Grimes. Aside from being a Love Actually reunion, the above picture, we can see Andrew Lincoln rocking the beard that his signature Walking Dead character so often had during the zombie apocalypse. We'll just have to wait for any information regarding when the long awaited Rick Grimes movie actually becomes a reality, uh, it is going to become a reality. Now, that picture can mean several things. Like I said, uh, Andrew Lincoln just may not have wanted to shave for a couple of weeks. As a man, I totally understand that. And I could, I, trust me, I totally understand where he's coming from. Or, it could be that he is really growing back the beard and he's going to have to probably grow his hair out some more as well for the movies. Uh, the above image comes to us from Instagram and shows us Andrew Lincoln alongside fellow Love Actually star Bill Nighy. One lucky fan caught a photo with a pair of British actors and included a quote from that beloved Christmas movie in the process. And while there's no actual indication that The Walking Dead movie is gearing up to film, the many fans out there took note of Lincoln's appearance. In reality, Andrew Lincoln's beard is likely linked to the live stream stage production of A Christmas Carol that is currently set to star in. There you go. The first image of the actor as Ebenezer Scrooge showed Lincoln growing out his beard, but his latest photo shows far longer and more gray facial hair. If The Walking Dead franchise plans on starting on the Rick Grimes movie sooner rather than later, he could presumably rock the same beard. It's been years since Andrew Lincoln was written off The Walking Dead, And AMC's apocalyptic drama has seen continued success since his departure. It has. We were all wondering how the hell is The Walking Dead going to continue without Rick Grimes? They have, and they have beautifully done so. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it. This past season, season 10 of The Walking Dead that we just finished, was absolutely phenomenal even without Rick Grimes. It was probably one of the best seasons that we've had in The Walking Dead, uh, without a doubt. The whole Whisper arc was done phenomenally well. And hats off to the production team, especially Angela Kang, the showrunner of The Walking Dead. It also goes on to say, unfortunately, there's no indication as to when this project will become a reality. reality. Narratively, it's been... A better time to finally begin on the Rick Grimes movie. The character's apocalyptic wife, Michonne, played by Danai Guerrero, has also left The Walking Dead, this time in search for Rick. So it seems logical that they might both have a role in the upcoming movie, which will reveal where Rick and Anne, Jadis, end up in their mysterious helicopter ride. You see, is that really a mystery anymore? Since Michonne found those clues in that island uh, several hours off of Oceanside Community, and we know Rick was there. Was he taken there initially? Was he taken there afterwards? My best guess, and this is just a theory, guys, so full disclaimer here, is that Rick was helicoptered out from Northern Virginia to that island because that island was, is an abandoned military base and it makes total sense that the CRM was using it as some sort of an outpost to weather refuel or maybe it was even a medical clinic where they treated patients that were sick, that they wanted to keep alive. And Rick spent some significant time there recovering from his extremely serious wounds that he suffered in his last episode, which was episode five of season nine on The Walking Dead. Boy, did that man lose a lot of blood! He was how he was still standing at the end of that is beyond me. He had lost so much blood being impaled on that rebar. But my theory is that he was taken to that island to get the medical treatment that he needed. And then my theory, again, says that he was ultimately then taken somewhere to New York, somewhere in New York State. And I'm saying New York because of what we saw in the series premiere of World Beyond, where Elizabeth gives Hope and Iris the map of New York, presumably telling them that's where their father is at. So that's my guess. Rick, Northern Virginia, Ireland, and then eventually on to New York State, where presumably that's where he probably is right now. So we all have to wait and see. Uh, just looking over your chats. uh, Theis, uh Thais says he said he is doing this play and after that he's going to focus on the movies. He said that in uh, his latest interview. Uh, let's see, Summer, who is a big Rashon fan, saying, uh, let's see, where was it? Uh, Navis, he's gearing up for the movie. I'm so thirsty for Rick Grimes. I know you are. I know you are, Summer. Thais also writes, I think came. I think he came way after with the CRM military because, because Judith seems so grown up in the drawing we saw on the cell phone, but I think the CRM doesn't let him get in contact somehow. And I brought this up before. We don't know the drawing on that phone that Michonne found. Is it Judith or is it Carl? It could be either one of them. It's not clear. Uh, Thais assumes it's Judith. But it could very easily be Carl. I know. We had this discussion uh, a while ago. Uh, A couple of months ago. We had a whole huge discussion about who was the uh, kid with the hat. And if you really think about it and try to make sense of it, he... Does not know supposedly what Judith looks like right now, but that picture could very possibly be uh, his drawing of his late son, Carl Grimes, as opposed to Judith. Uh, I know that the opinions vary. Uh, Summer says uh, that she thinks it's Judith, other people say it's Carl. I'm like 50 50. It can be Judith, it can be Carl. But there is no significant uh, scene or evidence that definitively tells us that that drawing that Rick drew on that cell phone is either Carl or Judith. Uh, So it's all our guesses. And us thinking it's Carl or us thinking it's Judith. Singer Chick writes, I think Jadis has been back and seen what Judith looks like and drew it for Rick. She's the artist on the show. That's a great theory, uh, Singer Chick. Uh, Jadis may have well have gone back to check up on Rick's family on his request. And don't forget, I've also mentioned this in the past as well, that Rick may have gone back to Alexandria incognito just to check up on his family, not wanting to be seen, though. He just wanted to make sure they were okay. That's also a possibility. And he might have seen Judith. Uh, That's also a very, very big possibility. Uh, So a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks that will eventually get answered. So, moving on, uh, let's see, saying hello to some people on Instagram, uh, Maya, Maya writes, Lucille was my favorite character, well we're about to meet the real Lucille, uh, it was confirmed several days ago that Hillary Burton, who is JD Morgan's real wife, is going to be coming onto the show to play the real life Lucille, Negan's wife, before she passed away. In the flashback in one of the six episodes that we are going to get. Now, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Lucille the Bat. Uh, So, I'm just scrolling through the Instagram uh, chats. We have a lot of Whisperer fans on Instagram tonight. Welcome to you guys on Instagram. Uh, Thais writes, does anybody know what it says in the phone writing in Japanese or Chinese? I personally do not know. I do not know what it says. Summer on Facebook also says, so many questions I need answered from Michonne's last episode that did leave us with a lot of questions. So let's move on to the next uh, article here. The Walking Dead boss reveals how Carol was almost killed off. And this is not anything new. We have read this many times in the past. uh, And it always goes back to season three. Back in season three, The uh, writers of The Walking Dead were really trying to figure out what to do with Carol's character. Whether to kill her off, keep her around. Luckily, they decided to keep her around. Uh, Carol may be one of the most beloved characters in The Walking Dead universe, but it has now been revealed that she was originally going to be killed off during Season 3. It's not easy being a Walking Dead fan if you get attached to a character, Chances are they will be killed off before too long, or at least put through a ton of misery. As a result, there ain't many of the original gang cast left. Uh, but one person who's proven herself to be a survivor is Carol. When she first appeared on the show back in season one, Carol was per- portrayed as timid and was experiencing abuse at the hands of her husband, Ed. But over the show's 10-season run, she's shown incredible growth and become one of the strongest characters on the show. It turns out, though, that this character development wasn't always going to be given time for that to happen. The Walking Dead showrunner Scott Gimple spoke in a new interview about how plans to kill off Carol got pretty far down the line before opposition from himself and the cast put a stop to those plans. There was some investigation going on about killing Carol. Gimple said, I was pretty hardcore against that, and we're grateful for that, because I saw her journey of going from somebody under ex husbands thumb to being a warrior. It just looked like the most amazing journey for our character to have. And having worked with Melissa McBride up to that point, it was like, oh, well, she could definitely do that. She can do anything. During season three, Carol was presumed dead during a Walker attack on the prison. But by the next episode, viewers found out she had actually survived. This set the precedent for many more fake-outs on the show's future. But Gimple says this was a surprising thing to do at the time. And one of the biggest fake-outs that we have gotten on The Walking Dead was the famous Nicholas and Glenn scene on top of the garbage dumpster where Nicholas shoots himself. They both go down and the way they shot that scene it appeared to us that it was Glenn getting eaten alive by the walkers uh gimple goes on to say man i would love to look up some of the old emails or something like that because it was like what if people thought she was dead but she lived at that point that was a that was a surprise as well people people were dying and dying it was what the show was getting a lot of noise for at that point he continued and it seemed even early on Switching that up, but really it was more about seeing that character go through that journey because she had started out as so passive and a victim and to see her become one of the strongest people in the story seemed very exciting to me as a writer. Fortunately, Carol's future looks safe for now. She'll appear in a long-awaited Daryl and Carol spinoff, which is expected to air... Once the main Walking Dead series comes to an end following its two-year season 11. So, we've covered this before. Just a little bit more insight and background into that. I'm sure we are all very grateful. I know I am that Carol wasn't killed. And that she eventually became the warrior that she is today. Even though this past season... She did a lot of stuff that we as fans were asking ourselves, what the hell are you thinking, Carol? what the hell are you doing? She got people hurt, she put a lot of people into danger. Uh, so she would just she just had tunnel vision on getting revenge at Alpha for killing Henry. Uh, let's see. Uh, thais writes even robert says he is jealous that they got so much from a character that he killed in the comic books that's robert kirkman singer chick writes that's why she got so emotional and knew for sure that it was him only he would know that phrase was special to her uh, Lindsay sparks writes thank god for that carol is such a badass she is Thais also goes on to say that Robert says, uh, sorry, that's a repeat from before. Uh, Singer Chick writes, I cried like a baby when we thought Glenn was being eaten. You know, that put a lot of people into a frenzy. And I remember that very, very clearly when that show aired live. We had people on social media watching that scene frame by frame, literally analyzing it frame by frame saying, oh, man, no, it's not possible because the angle of the way the walkers are eating him is just way off. I'm like, guys, these are professionals. They know what they're doing, whether it's a fake-out or not. I was, I was pretty sure that it was a fake-out, and I'm glad that it was. But he survived, not for much longer, though because we all know what happened to poor Glenn in the premiere of Season 7. So the last bit of stuff we have is something we've also previously covered. Not a big news day today. Not a lot of headlines in regards to The Walking Dead. It's more of some old stuff being revisited. But this goes to that virtual table read that we got to see uh, a couple of weeks ago, where AMC released uh, a one-minute clip of the cast doing their virtual table read for an episode that's coming up one of the six extra episodes that we're going to get in 2021 which is titled home sweet home the walking dead has shared a preview of maggie and negan meeting for the first time since negan was released from his jail cell maggie made a timely return In the original season 10 finale, saving Father Gabriel from certain death at the hands of the Whisperers, although she reunited with several of her friends, viewers did not get to see Maggie together with Glenn's killer, Negan. But a virtual table read with the cast for the upcoming episode titled Home Sweet Home shows that exact moment. And they go go ahead and share some of the lines, Hey, Maggie, Negan says. So you're out, replies Maggie. Uh, Negan responds with, I didn't escape, if that's what you're thinking. So we've all seen that. We've all seen that table read. Anyway, the episode Home Sweet Home is one of the six bonus episodes uh, that are coming up in early 2021. So we just have to wait and see. We are going to get to see the... I don't know, you want to call it confrontation, but we are going to get to see what happens when uh, Maggie and Negan do cross paths and talk. So, cannot wait for that and see how that plays out. I think it's going to be a lot more tamer than we're expecting it. Lauren Cohen has come on in prior interviews to say that the Maggie we are getting now is a different Maggie from what we knew when she left the show she has obviously gone through a lot of changes in the years that she's been gone from the communities and uh i think to some degree not forgiven negan but is willing to accept the fact that he has been let out of his prison cell so we just have to for confirmation on that again we just have to wait Colette on Facebook writes, Glenn's death was horrible. Uh, Khaleesi writes, I cannot wait for that episode. Uh, Cece Weezy writes, so everyone is living at Alexandria now, right? Well, the Hilltop people, the Hilltop is currently uh, burned down. So they're sort of split between Alexandria and, of course, Oceanside. Uh, We don't get to see much of Oceanside on the tv show we know it's there we know it's part of the communities we just don't get to see much of it maybe that's going to change in season 11 but everybody's pretty much split the majority of them are living in alexandria but i'm sure a lot of them are also living at oceanside as well we went from four communities to now we just have two but the hilltop is going to be rebuilt i really firmly believe that the Hilltop is going to be rebuilt. And come start of season 11, uh, when that finally airs, I think we are going to see a, re- a rebuilt Hilltop community. You know? So you just gotta wait for that as well. Wanna welcome IM5H on Instagram, who is saying hello. It's Gari. He's also giving us a thumbs up on Instagram. Gary Rodriguez, 74, on Instagram, is also saying hello. Welcome to you guys. Uh, The sarcastic guy is with us on Instagram and waving. So, welcome to all you guys on Instagram. Uh, Bilal writes, when Rick went, the show was a bit bad. Disagree, Bilal, respectfully disagreeing. Like I just said a few minutes ago, This past season, season 10, without Rick Grimes, was a phenomenal season. So, I gotta respectfully disagree with you on that one. So, let's get started on tonight's topic. And like I said earlier, we are going to be talking about the biggest betrayals on the Walking Dead universe. In the Walking Dead universe today. Uh, First on our list is, of course, Shane who is guilty of numerous acts of betrayal in the walking dead early seasons on a mission to save Carl's life. He and Otis went to a high school to look for medical supplies. They got swarmed by walkers and Shane shoots Otis in the leg so he can get away while the dead are devouring Otis. Not the bravest of moves, Shane was clearly just looking out for himself. Shane also attempted to kill Rick, thinking that he could be, better way to say it is, he absolutely believed that he could be a better father to Carl and husband to Laurie, as well as being the better leader for the group in general. Fortunately for Rick, he turned the tables around and ended up stabbing Shane, Not that he wanted to, but Shane left him no no other alternative and Rick ends up killing Shane. Now, season three, shortly after the group met the the prisoners at the prison, Tomas betrays Rick by attempting to have him killed while clearing the walkers out of one of the cell blocks. Tomas is the guy who met the wrong end of Rick's machete in that famous uh, prison scene? Uh, we've had guests, we've had uh, the two biggest prisoners as guests on our show, talking about Lou Temple and Vincent Ward, who played Axel and Oscar on the show. And Tomas was that really crazy prisoner, he had that crazy look in his eyes. Uh, Daryl even made a reference to it as they're walking through the hallways trying to clear out the prison and uh, Tomas I believe he opened up the second door instead of sticking to Rick's plan of just keeping one door open and letting the walkers funnel in so they can be a lot more manageable to kill them. Tomas let all of them in that obviously a Upset Rick, show Tomas was really you know, not all there, a nut you know, nutbag, and uh, Rick stuck his machete right through his head. Uh, next on our list, of course, Merle, who betrayed the governor when he was faced with having to choose between proving his loyalty to the people of Woodbury by killing his own brother, Daryl, or siding with Rick's group. Now, we all know how much Daryl meant to Merle, so of course he betrays the governor. Now, speaking of the governor, Andrea and Milton both betray the governor as well when Andrea tries to return her friends and Milton attempts to kill the governor after he was given the choice of killing Andrea or be killed himself. The governor himself also betrayed his own people when they attempted to retreat after an attack on the prison did not go the way the governor wanted to and for me this has to be in the top five or ten most shocking scenes on the walking dead none of us expected or saw it coming even though we knew what kind of a psychopath we had pretty much assumed the governor was up until that point But his act of gunning down his own people left no doubt that the governor was nothing but pure evil. He was a psychopath. Uh, The governor furiously opened fire on his own people in front of his lieutenants. And he allowed just those two to live. And, of course, they ran away. As you would expect the same person to do. You just saw your guy murder his entire group. Yeah, he kept you alive for now, but he can easily turn and kill you at any moment. So sometime during the night, the two of them left left him. And that's when we see a very disheveled governor in the start of season four. And of course, he comes across a new group of people that's where we're introduced to tara and he sort of rebuilds up a new group poisons their mind against this group at the prison they are the bad people they are illegally living in a place that belongs to us manipulated them into attacking the prison and we all know how that went colette on facebook writes the governor was definitely the worst villain he was the most evil villain. But when you rate the villains, the governor is my favorite because he was just pure evil. He was evil. He uh, There was no redemption in Philip Blake, which was the governor's real name. Uh, he was the walking epitome of evil. So AJ also on YouTube writes, the governor is my favorite. Uh... So, let's see. Now, moving on, uh, Season 5, Episode 14. While the group were still settling in at Alexandria, Father Gabriel, oh boy, this is in his early, what do you want to call it, his early roller coaster ride of uh, being a coward and continuing to be a coward when he betrays Rick and the group. When he has that little chat with Deanna uh, about how Deanna has let Lucifer himself inside her walls, of course, referring to Rick. And she was basically in a way telling her the people you've brought in with me are not good people. And that comes a lot. That that's saying a lot from somebody who was such a coward that locked out his entire uh, set of parishioners outside his church while they were being mutilated when he could have easily let them inside and allowed them to live. So that just goes to show you the kind of coward that Gabriel was. Now, the Gabriel we have now has done a complete 180. He is, uh, he's not a coward anymore, no doubt about that. He's become a loved member of the group. And uh, I thought he was going to pass away in this finale. I'm glad he did not. I'm glad that Gabriel's story arc is not yet over. And at least for now, we are going to get to see some more of Father Gabriel and see what he is up to. Uh, after betraying them, Maggie does overhear the conversation that Gabriel was having with Deanna. And, of course, she goes and tells Rick. Father Gabriel does prove himself uh, worthy of a second chance and does regain their trust, even becoming one of the most valuable characters on the show. And I loved how he took out Dante. That is like what cemented to me uh, Father Gabriel's complete turnaround. For me, that was like the exclamation point to Father Gabriel's uh, 180 turnaround and showing that he has guts when he killed Dante for Dante killing. According to in Gabriel's own words, Sadiq was like a brother to Gabriel. And he avenged Sadiq's death by killing Dante after it was revealed that Dante was a whisperer spy. Now in season six, when Daryl finally, uh, sorry, first crosses paths with Dwight and Sherry and offers to take them back to Alexandria, they betray him, and rob him, and take his motorcycle. Uh, we all remember that. We've talked that. Uh, we've talked about that scene a lot. Daryl meets out with Dwight and Sherry. That's like really our official introduction to the Saviors. It is with Dwight and Sherry. They are running away supposedly from a person or a group that they don't like how they're being treated. Daryl does feel sorry for them, and offers them a place to come back to. And somewhere along the line of them running away, and when they meet G- uh, Daryl and they saw uh, that motorcycle group looking for them, they, uh, they had a change of heart. And they betrayed Daryl, take his motorcycle, and if you remember Sherry saying, I'm sorry, and Daryl says, you're going to be. And he was absolutely right. uh, He was absolutely right. They were sorry. Now, let's move on to Spencer. Deanna's oldest son, Spencer. In season seven, as Negan and Spencer are playing pool in the middle of the street, Spencer proposes that Negan appoint him leader of Alexandria instead of Rick and have... It arranged for Rick to be killed. Negan plunges a big-ass knife into uh, Spencer's guts, completely disemboweling him, laughing over him, and saying, "Hey, I guess you do have guts." Uh, classic scene right there. And you know, I gotta, I gotta mention this. Okay, the, the biggest knife. Out of all the characters throughout 10 years of The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, and now World Beyond, the biggest knife that I have seen any character carry has to be the knife that Negan had in season 7 and 8. That thing was like just, it was so big you could call it a sword. It was like this big. I'm like, that's not a knife, that's a sword. Uh, Anyway, that's what he used to gut Spencer, and he just disemboweled him right there in the middle of the street, and it's the moment that actually Negan had some good words to say about Rick in, in front of Spencer before he killed him. He was letting him know that Rick is out there doing what he needs to do, which is getting Negan stuff, as opposed to Spencer who's being a wussy staying behind and trying to stab Rick in the back when he's not even there. And Negan did not respect that in the slightest bit. Uh, Saz writes, Spencer's death was so satisfying. He got exactly what he deserved. Uh, Jade on uh, Facebook writes, oh, how I love The Walking Dead. Um. Khaleesi also writes, Father Gabriel is a badass, and Junior James 100% agrees, as do I. He has become a badass. Now, betrayals. You can't talk about betrayals on The Walking Dead without talking about Eugene, okay? Because Eugene is probably very top of the list, if not number one, when it comes to betrayals. uh, Numerous times. After the whole incident with Spencer, Rosita takes a shot at Negan with the with a gun and a bullet that Eugene built for her. But, you know, the luck that Negan was having back in Season 7, the bullet hits uh, his bat, Lucille, instead of getting him square between the eyes. Now, we all know that that bullet was made by Eugene, so after being forced to admit This, uh, to protect his friends, Negan decides to take Eugene to the sanctuary because we know Negan's philosophy, uh, humans are a resource. And having somebody who knows how to make bullets is a huge resource. And he was not just going to let Eugene stay in Alexandria. He was going to bring him back and put him to work. Uh, Negan does appoint him as his chief engineer where he is in charge of making bullets for Negan and the saviors. In exchange, Negan provides Eugene with the means to live in luxury where he has access to electricity, any kind of food he wants, whatever he wants. Negan even offers him some of his wives uh, to Eugene uh when rosita and sasha go to the sanctuary to try and kill negan they do come across eugene and offer him a way out of the sanctuary but he refuses to go they see that they see this as a big betrayal on eugene's end and who his real friends are and back then uh eugene You know, he wasn't playing a role of infiltrating the saviors in order to get inside information for Alexandria. We knew that Eugene at that point, uh, it was no mystery, he was going to go with the group of people that give him the highest success of survival. And at that point, he thought it was Negan and the saviors. What actually got Eugene to flip was when Daryl and Rosita kidnap him out of that bullet-making factory, and Rosita, as they're dragging him along the street, is basically chewing his ass out. That's what started to give him second thoughts to what ultimately led to him rigging the bullets. And if it wasn't for Eugene, all-out war would have been won by Negan and the saviors and Rick and company would have all been killed right there in the field in the season 8 finale now Eugene is left guilt uh, ridden and makes a decision to betray the saviors just like we talked about during this war between the community and the saviors many other acts of betrayals were committed for example Jadis and the Scavengers uh, betray Rick and Alexandria by striking another deal with Negan and the Saviors, leaving Rick's group greatly outnumbered. We can also say that Tara betrayed Cindy by breaking her promise and bringing Rick's group to Oceanside when it was meant to be kept a secret because Oceanside did not want their location known. Now, Cindy was the person, uh, the granddaughter of the person who was the leader of Oceanside, and then Cindy became the leader of Oceanside herself. Oceanside was not going to release Tara. They were giving her the premise that they are escorting her out, but the plan was to take her out into the woods and kill her. Tara caught wind of this. She escaped. Uh, and she convinced them to let her go as long as she kept her secret. But it came down to a point in Alexandria where they had no weapons. They knew they were going to have to fight back against Negan and the Saviors, and that's when Tara uh, finally spills the beans and tells Rick that, hey, there's a community that I came across that has a whole bunch of weapons. Now, Dwight uses Negan's trust and sides with Alexandria, giving them someone on the inside. This is the start of Dwight's redemption arc because Dwight did some pretty crappy stuff. So, they were, you know, he started playing the, the role of a double agent. He was a savior, but he was passing on secrets along to... Daryl and Alexandria and the other communities which of course gave him an upper hand to mount that big offensive in the beginning of season 8 of The Walking Dead. Now of course Simon. Simon also betrayed Negan after questioning his leadership abilities uh, leaving him to die when Rick ambushed him with the car. Simon took that opportunity tried to convince Dwight that Negan was dead. Uh, He really needed Dwight to come over to his side to confirm that Negan was dead when Simon went back to the sanctuary to confront the other saviors, to say, hey, Negan is dead. I'm now in charge. But Simon led that really botched attempt at Hilltop that did not go the way Simon wanted it to go. Negan was not dead. He does ultimately come back to the sanctuary. Dwight tells Negan everything that went on because Simon was just as big a threat to the communities as Negan was, but Negan was the leader. And actually, Simon being the leader would have really been a worse option than Negan because Simon was also another psychopath. So he betrays Simon to Negan, Negan gives Simon a chance, you know, he tells him, hey, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. So Negan does give Simon a a legitimate chance to become the leader of the Saviors. All you got to do is beat me, you know, and they had a fight. Simon started it off with that very cheap shot, but... As we all know, Negan got the better of him, killed him, and as he's killing him, uh, choking the life out of him, he tells Simon that how he screwed up. And now that he forced Negan's hand because of Simon's botched attempt at the hilltop, that Negan is now going to have to be forced to kill each and every one of the community members because of what Simon did. And how he failed at doing it. Now, we're almost out of time. But let's fit in one more person in here. Season 9, episode 14. Jocelyn. Flashback, Michonne's old high school friend. Uh, Boy, was that a big shocker. Michonne runs across a pre-apocalypse friend. Total shock and surprise. Jocelyn has a bunch of kids with her. Michonne allows them all into Alexandria. They end up using Michonne's trust and kidnap a bunch of children from Alexandria, including Judith. She was basically leading a cult of orphan children and training them to, uh, well, training them and manipulating them to do her bidding. After hunting down Jocelyn, Michonne and Daryl ultimately do find Judith and the kids, but this leaves them with physical and psychological scars and is what is the final nail in the coffin to where Michonne just cuts off all contact with every other community. That betrayal by Jocelyn to Michonne, uh, a dear friend of hers before the apocalypse, and not being able to trust a dear friend and how she betrayed her made Michonne lose faith in all her friends. And through what we hear, that caused a big rift between Maggie and Michonne. Also, part of the reason as to why Maggie left Hilltop with Herschel to go and roam the countryside with Georgie and that's why she was gone for so many years. So that event that happened with Jocelyn had a lot of repercussions. It caused Michonne to become an isolationist, isolate Alexandria from all the rest of the communities, cut off trade. That led to the downfall of the kingdom. The kingdom was not producing enough to continue their own existence. Uh, They needed trade with other communities. Uh, That's where we go again into Season 9, where uh, Ezekiel is trying to revive the kingdom, his last attempt, by having this big trading fair at the kingdom. And we all know that did not end up very well. That's where Alpha has her big Kingdom Day massacre, where we lose like 10 community members the famous heads on a pike scene Uh, you know when alpha infiltrates uh the the kingdom uh, disguised to approach lydia and get her out of there lydia refuses to go to her alpha leaves goes back to where the whisperers abducted like 10 community members and alpha personally decapitates each and every one of them horrific scene in The Walking Dead, but also a fascinating scene on The Walking Dead. Anyway, guys, we are out of time for today. I want to thank you so much for joining me over this past hour. It's always a treat, and it always amazes me how fast this hour flies by. For more information about our show, please visit us on the web at debttalklive.com. Please visit us on our YouTube channel, which is called walking dead now please go ahead and subscribe if you're there right now please hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast if you enjoyed this show i'll be back on the air again tomorrow night please everyone stay safe and until tomorrow night guys stay walking